which one of us is going to start it. I guess I will. You'll start it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of You Never Studied. I'm Evan, along with Hans. Yep. And we are going to do a podcast for you, as is typical. And it's been uh, two two weeks. Or when are we going to release this one? I guess we're going to release Loki June 28th. Yeah. So this one will be two weeks since... We don't have to inform people of the days we're recording versus the time they're released. You have this way of always trying to tell people. I like I like people to when, know tomorrow how when fresh we're when we're releasing this episode. It will have been content. three days ago. Since then, it's almost evergreen. You're okay. Hey, I don't know. By the time we talk about this, Indiana Jones won't still be forty years <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> Hey, so just uh, roll with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just looking for things to say. I uh, I how was your week, Hans? So far, it's been great. Very full, but very good. Yeah, you and seemed busy this week. I, it, I have had a full week, um, and we'll have a full weekend. And But no, very, very good. In fact, just grateful for kind of where things are for our family, and trying to keep my sod alive. What, you know, what, like five what, oh, weeks because ago. five weeks ago you were like, this, my sod's perfect because it was, of all well, this It rain. was raining so much, and now you got 95, 98 degree days or whatever it is. Even, regular, no, even regular sod that's well No rooted. rain, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm watering my yard way more. In fact, my, right now my feet are wet because I was walking around my yard before picking you up. That's but funny. the things in the Guger house are going, are going well. We are grateful, and um, I, I, I've just enjoyed the summer for the most part. Yeah, Casa Godbold is doing well also. We're looking forward to Father's Day weekend. Got a lot of, a lot of things on the list, home maintenance stuff, um, normal like yard stuff, as well as other things. But looking, mm-hmm. actually looking forward to, to ticking off some of those boxes, like cleaning my garage, which is very messy. Mm-hmm. So, I've seen that garage. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has its moments of, of two-vehicle-ness, but uh, it hasn't well, for a couple of months. Well, it's had to endure multiple renovations. Yes. And like, you know, it just yeah. it, it never gets back the way it you had it. Yeah, and, and even if it does, then it's like, well, now I need to build a table. Or yeah. now I need to, and so it, it goes away. But I'm, I'm kind of done with construction projects for a little while, so Andrew was like, that we should great. put the cars in the garage. Uh, it's hot. And I was like, okay, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you don't know what this show is, Hans and I just talk about whatever we want. This is You Never Studied, and uh, yeah, this is a show about church, media, culture. If you're listening to it, you're probably not new, but if you are, thanks for joining us. Welcome aboard. Tell all your friends. Um, we are sponsored every week week by playbackyardgames.com that's right i thought you were there's gonna be more to that no that's, that's hey right. it's great yeah playbackyard games is great you can buy cornhole sets and many many other great things disc golf things lots of things it's very hot to play outside right now but you know you could you could uh, make them into water sports maybe maybe, do, they, maybe he can build you a canopy maybe do maybe do <laughs> cornhole with water balloons yeah or something, <laughs> something else and then one of you can lay on the other <laughs> the other yeah, thing, right. and just open your mouth, and, and then, then, yeah. <laughs> so if you, or you could draw the like, the, draw it on your chest, yeah, like, you know, yeah, belly, totally. bu- a belly button hit is worth That's a right. certain number of points, yeah. something like that. Yeah, we could, we could, we could make a mm-hmm. great outdoor game for Kyle. Anyway, so yeah, playbackyardgames.com, sponsor of the show, along with Leader Care Network and Thalesman's Code. You can check those out at HansGuger.com and EvanGodbold.com. LeaderCareNetwork.com actually works. Oh, it does. Does yeah. it? Does it redirect or is it its own? Redirects thing? to my website. Ah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> which I, has a blog post from like seven months ago. I want to say I bought thalismanscode.com, but I don't even think I have a redirect. It just I just own the site. Yeah. So <laughs> website coming soon. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Kyle, Kyle, can you check on that for me and make sure I own the site? And if I does, don't, he still listen. Uh, yeah, he still listens. Okay. Uh, or at least he still likes. Sponsor better listen. Yeah, he better listen. He, he doesn't know what this content is. Uh, so anyway, uh, we the worst are- place to get all your backyard games. Playbackyardgames.com. <laughs> Never go there. Terrible sponsor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right, we've spent enough time, Gavin. Let's get to our first thing. Didn't you know, Evan? First of all, soon enough we'll be forty. Yeah. 
but one thing that is 40 currently yes. is Indiana Jones. Bum, ba, dum, ba, Indiana ba, Jones, 40 years ago, specifically. it debuted. The movie debuted. It did. It and did. It, Too bad that movie is a giant pile of nothing because the plot doesn't really matter. <laughs> did, did I derail it already? You didn't derail it. First of all, I am waiting for the time. I think I am of, of the people in my life. Courtney and I are, are more two of the more conservative. What are our kids going to see? Parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know these Indiana Jones films came out when there was no PT thirteen rating, right? Yeah. So they, didn't, didn't Temple of Doom create the the PG thirteen rating? Might have. Yeah. And so because so, there was like people's hearts coming out and stuff. And so you have things like even like Ghostbusters, which yep. would be a PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, uh, the Indiana Jones would be a PG thirteen. Goonies. Goonies would be a PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Goonies. Yeah. yeah. And so Back to the Future. <laughs> And yeah, Back to the Future, <laughs> to the definitely future. two, yeah. one, like, like yeah, maybe yeah. maybe three. Three might have been yeah. PG for, but but the the other two definitely, yeah. <laughs> so we have this way of doing that, and and so I, I really want to get the kids to see the Indiana Jones trilogy. Not we'll pretend the fourth one doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, trilogy. It's still a trilogy. Yeah, we yeah. want, but I'm just like I can't go there yet because yeah. it's just not a it's not a show that I would want them to watch. Yeah, there's some stuff in there that even could though be... I think by the time I was you know Ethan's age, I saw it already. I saw that. I saw. Ghostbusters for my I fifth tried, birthday. I actually tried to show Liam Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he wasn't interested. And and but he's like, I, he he told me today he was like, I could probably watch it now. And I was like, actually, you're now at the age where I won't let you watch it. You could have watched <laughs> it when you're five, but now you're gonna catch stuff and ask me questions that yeah. I don't have to answer. Yeah. So and uh, so Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really, you you sent me two articles. One was sent by Dale, and one I maybe you just found yourself. Yeah, yeah it's just showing and up because so it's the fortieth. The second one you sent me. I really liked because basically the author was going, it is the perfect movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the perfect movie. It's beautiful cinema. Everyone should like it. Yeah. And the second, or the first article you sent was, people think it's terrible because it's basically meaningless. And the article is trying to say, it's not meaningless, you're meaningless. Yeah, that's right. Nuh-uh. Uh, <laughs> so, no, both both articles are fine. Um I like but, the second one. I like the first one too. But the I, first one's argument is what? The, so the so the first one's argument is first of all, it showed up in Big Bang Theory in an episode in 2013 where Sheldon's girlfriend Amy. Um, and I have not seen this episode. I have watched a decent bit of Big Bang Theory, but I'm not like a, a uber fan of it, and I have not like watched all of it. But um, so there's definitely gaps in my Big Bang Theory knowledge. But apparently, there was a 2013 episode where he decides to like show her Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is supposed to be like a big milestone in the relationship. And she goes, "No, I mean, I liked it." And then she says, "I mean, the plot does." Spoiler it. alert! Yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert for 1983. Uh, 81. 81. Sorry, Temple of Doom was 83, right? Uh, so anyway. They, uh, they, they basically. She, she dogs on the movie for, for it. Basically, would have happened the exact same way if Indiana Jones had done nothing, uh, and not, not even been in the movie. The Nazis still would have found the Ark, and then they would have just opened it and then got their faces <laughs> melted off anyway. Which, when you think about it that way, you're like, oh, I guess that's way to ruin everything yeah, in my life. Way to, way to, way to take something beloved right. and and just you know take take a giant you know what on it. And so like it, it becomes what uh, hey, you know what. <laughs> Maybe you don't know what. I don't know what. Well, I'll tell you about I it. I haven't offline. seen that movie offline. Uh, but but I think that there is a uh, poo poo. Uh, <laughs> poop mouth. Stop. So, Stop. Continue now. So, anyways, <laughs> I think that there is something to be said uh, for that argument. Just looking at it from a story perspective, that is in fact true. 
on the whole. What is the that? That is, in fact, true. Probably Indiana Jones not being there would have resulted in the same thing happening to all That is true. Yeah. The article's point is you're missing the right. point. Right. So the article's point is Indiana Jones doesn't matter. Um, you know, that whole argument, that, 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 that line of thinking isn't annoying because it's wrong, quote-unquote. Indiana Jones is not directly responsible for Nazi regiment being struck down by the wrath of God. That's true. God's responsible for that in the story. But because it's emblematic of the type of I must be smarter than the movie criticism, uh, that's ruining the way that we talk about movies. So you may you may remember a moment a couple of weeks ago, uh, as of this recording, where oh sorry, no, you're, date doing, it. you're doing it again. But it, but it, uh, then they're not going to know a recent episode, a recent episode where I talked about a new movie coming out that I haven't even seen yet, where I'm already unhappy with the time travel like <laughs> like in it, <laughs> even right. though I haven't seen it because I'm like that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to be able to enjoy this if if they don't. You know what I was thinking? S- sidebar, side sure. drug. Yeah. I've been thinking about this whole. Uh, how you expect to receive something, sure, and and how that changes how you view it. Because yes. you, you 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 look for what you're looking for. Yeah. Same thing with the Fauci emails. Like you look for what you're looking for, you find it. This is that was on a recent episode. This is my new three analog. Or four weeks ago. <laughs> this is my new analog for just explaining people in church. Yeah, I'm like if you show up wanting to be there, lo and behold, you had a good time. Yeah, yeah. If you feel like you were dragged there. Guess is you might have hated it. Yeah, maybe. And so it's a similar thing I think with movies, or if like if you're looking for something to hate, you'll find it. Yeah. If you're looking for something to, to discredit or critique, of course you'll find it. Get over it and just enjoy your life, you big critical blob yeah, of criticalness. They, they sort of they sort of say some somewhere it, they said it crystallized into something insidious. Somewhere between the midpoint of Lost and the exact moment Inception cut to black. <laughs> uh, That's a funny the, way of putting yeah, it. It's yeah. the personification of the idea that films and television are something to be solved instead of felt or experienced. That's I'm yeah. in. I'm yeah. in with that. So, yeah. so I get that. I, I I totally understand that line of reasoning, and and I agree with the I agree with the the feedback against the criticism, the defense against. Finally, the Finally, we can agree on something. Yeah. No. Uh, I I I like Indiana Jones. I am oh, yeah. more of a Last Crusade guy than I am a Raiders guy, mostly well, once because... Once you bring Sean Connery in, you have to like him. Yeah, they got us, son. Uh, <laughs> after he shoots the tail of their own plane. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just good. But uh, yeah, they they sort of up the ante there uh, uh, with, with Sean Connery, and uh, it, it it's a retread in some ways, because you got Nazis again. Temple of Doom's sort of a weird sort of amalgam. It's actually a prequel. It's, it's, I didn't I, know it was a prequel until I read that article. Yeah, no, it's a prequel. Um I think because they kind of he had a good thing going with Marion, and I think they didn't want to make it seem like he, you know, had whatever. a new girl. Yeah, it had a new girl, but then they gave him a new girl anyway. And Last Crusade was definitely a sequel. Um, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's about the feeling, right? It's not about the story. And the well, continuity. but you had this conversation with me, or you just had talked to me about criticism and how you receive it and what you I, do yeah. with it, and that was pretty interesting to me. Yeah. So I, I, I said I was talking to you, and I said maybe maybe this could be a jumping off point to talk about criticism in general because if we're not careful then we're just like ah oh, everyone's a critic you like what you like the end i'm like well you could actually like drivel uh, <laughs> but indiana jones is not drivel just because maybe the plot isn't like locked up tight the way like some perfectly orchestrated i don't know not tenant christopher nolan movie might be um 
I, I think that there is uh, there is something beautiful about the way that they said, like, this movie is designed to be felt. You're supposed to watch Indiana Jones go from a skeptic to go to somebody who just kind of, for some reason, goes, we need to close our eyes. Yeah. You know, which I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty big change of the way the character starts out, like, just completely cocksure, totally, you know, overconfident, really. Like, I'm going to bring a revolver, so I'll be <laughs> safe against this entire army of Nazis. Um, you know, like that kind of thing. And uh, by the time he's kind of been humbled and he's like, we need, you know, close your eyes, Marion, you know, like that, that part is, it works, you know, it connects. And so that criticism, it doesn't work as a movie because the plot, you know, is silly or the plot does is meaningless, misses the point of the, the character Indiana Jones and what he goes through in that movie. It's not meaningless because Indiana goes through a bunch of stuff. Henry Jones, the third goes through a bunch of stuff. Um, and so I, I liked that, and it made me think, yeah, man, I think sometimes, like, the world can get really critical, and we will just just dismiss all criticism uh, if if we like something or if we – they're like, ah, whatever, you just like – I just like it. Like like I do with Fast and the Furious because um, I don't really want to defend it. Um, but But sometimes things are actually worth defending, and so this guy goes, I'm going to mount a defense against this silly, you know, kind of – criticism because this needs to be put put to bed this needs to be you know um you know addressed and so this guy uh, i can't remember the, the author he i i i remember commenting to dale about this his name is vinnie mancuso mm-hmm. i remember going this dude loves indiana jones like <laughs> like for me it wasn't like a big deal i was like yeah whatever you know so i'm kind of already that way but there are certain things that you're passionate about that you go you know what no i need to i need to step in here and i need to defend this um, now, this is maybe a silly example of that, but it made me think about are there areas in our lives where we go, hey, you know what? Actually, I'm going to defend that. Um, you know, And I, I feel like this is something that you yourself, Hans Guger, do. The real me. Yeah. You do that sometimes where I'll be like, ah, that's silly. And you're like, actually, no, it's not. And here's why. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I, I think we all do it, but I've noticed that in you. And just, I don't know, we're kind of, we're, you know, we're spitballing here, but like, why is that? Why do certain things move us that direction? Move us to defend it? Yeah. Um, I think if we have found here, – here's what it would be, I think, in, in a both sacred or secular sense. When you have found value in something, right. you will defend it. Yeah. When you find something beautiful or intriguing or moving or whatever that might be, you want to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it could be honestly uh, – and I mean, this, I mean this in a good sense. Like both my parents were smokers. Um, so mom, before she died, I think switched to e-cigarettes, mm-hmm. I think, and, and dad, I think is still a smoker. Mm-hmm. I don't defend smoking, but I do have like a spot in my heart for smokers because, mm-hmm. because of that. And so when you're like, I hate smokers, even that, I'm like, well, hold on. Like, you know what? Like often it's just people who started a habit early and it's hard to kick an early, oh, yeah. early, early formed habit. Yeah. And so even that, but what, what, in a sense, who am I defending? Like my parents, like, yeah. like my upbringing. Yeah. And so I think anytime you have an attachment to something, yeah. you want to step in and defend it, even if it feels absurd to defend, yes. even if it feels exhausting to defend, uh, or, or I said absurd, but like, yeah, you just go, this is going to, I'm going to end this conversation and we're both going to still be dug in, but it matters to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it matters to me that you know how I feel. Now, I don't think that's always good. Right. But I do think that that's why we do it. Well, and that was going to be my next question. So, like, how do we, especially as believers, like, you know, 
how do you know when to step into something to defend either yourself or maybe it's someone else or an idea or, or, or you know, maybe it's a yeah. like an element of, of doctrine or something I can, like that? I can speak to this as, a, as just how I do it. Yeah. So first, I go with the Tim Keller piece of understanding critique, which is any even your even the the worst critique about you yeah. has probably something true in it. Yeah. So find the true part and address that. You know, go. Hey, you're right here. You're right. I, I, I grant that 98 percent of what you said I disagree with, but this two percent I I do agree with. Which is essentially what this guy does because he's like, you are right. Indiana Jones does do, do ends up doing nothing to thwart the Nazis' plans to get the Ark and mm-hmm. open it. They get the Ark and open it, but they die, and he doesn't because the journey that where he started, he's changed. He's right. changed. He and Marion live, and then go. Okay, we've got to put this thing in a box in Area Fifty One. Uh, you know, at the end, which yeah. is which is where the which actual we find Ark it later. The, yeah, which is where the actual Ark of the Covenant is, <laughs> listeners. Uh, so. Yeah, that's right. Evan also has a conspiracy <laughs> podcast, which he records after this when I go home. It's on the dark web; you can't listen to it. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think you find you find the things that are true because that's 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 fine. In fact, my worst critic won't actually be able to critique me as bad as I am. Right? Yeah. The Lord's already done that and wiped that clean. So I'm we've good talked. There. Yeah, we've talked so, about that. Before. So I, you receive you you can go ahead and receive that that critique and find what's true. But I think there is an element that we do let things go unchallenged. And because of the exhaustion that we feel, and there are moments I think in doctrine it would be clear, yeah. Um, especially if it's in high, high leverage situations, yeah. If I'm in, if I'm talking to somebody and they say something incorrect, yeah, I I might let it go because I'm just like we're not gonna. Uh, this isn't this is conversation. And yeah, you're not teaching. Yeah. So I think there are times you do it, and knowing when to step in and when to not is sometimes difficult. When to step in, I think, is this after you have heard considered what's been said, and convictionally can't sit with it. Yeah. And so you go, I hear you. Give me some time to think about it. I, I do this when I get critiqued. We've talked about, like, on my preaching. People will critique my preaching. Uh, it, it doesn't happen a lot, but it happens, you know. like It's it, happened. It's yeah. happened, and it's never insignificant. It's never like, hey, I wish you illustrated with more things from Backstreet Boys. Or like, it's yeah. like, it'll be like... Wait, what is your Backstreet Boys, like, number? Because I've got, <laughs> I've got one, and, you know, I try and keep it under three to four a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? But, yeah, yeah, well, it's usually I try to do four a sermon, so oh, it's a little, maybe maybe that's why maybe I need yeah, to drop yeah, it, maybe or increase it. I don't really know. I don't know if they want to increase Search your or heart. decrease. Yeah, just have the yeah. Lord just the he'll Lord tell reveal me. It to he'll you. tell me. Yeah. So I'll get these critiques, and I really have to consider it. I consider it with others, yeah. and then I may write. I'll write out a response that I don't even send. Uh, I actually think I have two responses to preaching critiques yeah. that I've written and never sent. Yeah. Because I needed to be sure of how I felt, and then by the time I got to a level of conviction, not in the moment, right? In the moment, you might have to go, hey, I don't think that's true, or hey, even if it is true, that's stung. Yeah. But I just go, we're past that moment now, and I don't need to defend myself. So, yeah. so I have to know when to step in, which is usually a And those people piece. already left the church because you're preaching. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so <laughs> the, along with that, it's also knowing sometimes you just roll with it, and you know, Jesus was misunderstood and critiqued. And he wasn't like, you guys are all wrong. Right. So ultimately, we have the example of Jesus, which is uh, he opened not his mouth. Yeah. And, and you go, yeah. there are times when you just go ahead and be misunderstood and yeah. don't try to fix it. Because there is a point where you try to fix it and make it about you. And, yeah. and, and, and like in your reputation, and it, that doesn't matter. That's in the Lord's hands. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that there are there are hills to die on, right? Like, you know, and then there are, there are things where you just go, I don't know that I would 
argue about this. Right. Um, I don't know that I want to spend the time or the energy about this. I do. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm convictionally different than you about this, but you can, you know, you can do you, you know. Um, and so uh, I, I, I do feel like there are things, you know, uh, uh, about which brothers and sisters can can have variance and, and disagreement on. Um, and then in the world. Um, you know, criticism, I think, shows up, you know, just in general, like in situations like feedback and healthy criticism. I agree with you. I think there's always a grain of truth, even if it kind of comes way out of left field. Yeah, or um, it's said wrong, you know. Yeah, sometimes it's Somebody's all in the really delivery. Somebody's really hostile, yeah. and you're still like, well, it's still true. You said yeah. you were a jerk, Yeah, but you're not wrong. <laughs> and so I do think that that's good advice. Look, look for the true thing and be able to acknowledge the true thing, even if you know you have an entire article about how you can still talk about how great Raiders is. You can acknowledge that like yeah no ultimately in terms of plot Indiana Jones does not succeed in his endeavor ever uh, and uh, and eventually but why don't uh, you go ahead and tell the Academy for all the awards it won yeah that's right eventually <laughs> Bell- Belloc's face still melts off so we still feel like the good guys <laughs> win um, uh, but I but I think <laughs> but uh, spoilers but that's I right. four uh, year old spoilers so I I I agree and I think it's good as Christians especially that we are humble and we're teachable I was talking with a friend of the show. Uh, this morning about, I was like, yeah, I feel like somebody said like, maybe we should take the plank out of our own eye first before, you know? So like there, there is always a sense that we're probably not being humble enough. And, and while issues of like doctrine are important, issues of character are just as, if not more important. Um, and, and so I, I have, what is character, but doctrine applied? Amen. There you go. Amen. And so I, 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 I feel like that's a good place to leave it. Take criticism and and receive it, even if you don't necessarily agree, there's probably something that you can still learn. Maybe you need to write that email or article about, about your favorite movie. Um, maybe you don't. Maybe when someone says Highlander is trash, you just go, yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. I still like it. And though. so are you. Yes. I, sometimes we just need trash. And you are free to say whatever you want about somebody under your breath. That's right. That's in the Bible. Yes, absolutely. I've read it in uh, in Second Hesitations. <laughs> I do want to take this idea, though, and share a little bit about a small book that I have just read that I do think connects, and you will find the way I connect it in our next segment. Yeah, we don't talk about books in this segment. you got to do it in our next segment, which starts right now. But it's actually starting... Two weeks ago now, yeah. for you, yes, that's Just right. The, the listener like, to know like, where we like are. Sixteen days ago, in the time, I'm talking line. about this. Just don't get too there confused. There are time streams. In, there are different shoots. <laughs> yes, that, that that's go. the next episode we record We're recording, last week. You're gonna hear it <laughs> yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah, we understand. Okay, yeah. go. Okay. Hit the books. I saw a reference to this from my friend's blog. I have a friend who is incredibly smart. I, I email him throughout the year. He's a sharp dude, lived in Israel, knows the Bible backwards and forwards. You're friends really, with J.C. Ryle? Really challenging. And he said, this is a book that I read with my sons. Ooh. And I have sons. I've read it with them. We'll go through it together. We'll meet on Saturdays. And I thought, I've never done something like that, but it seems like a good book. Let me go ahead and give it a read, and then maybe one day I could read it with my sons. Yeah. J.C. Ryle. Who's Church he? of <laughs> Church of Englandman. Yes. And he Church lived, of Englishmen. Yeah, he lived in the late 1800s yes. and did his ministry there. And this is a book, which is really not, he didn't write the book like this, but it's yeah. Thoughts for Young Men by J.C. Ryle, yes. who has a nice beard. 
is it com- is picture- it compiled or is it yeah like yeah, it, compiled it, it, sermons it was or- a part yeah it was a part of something else mm-hmm. and and so Mark Dever because of course Mark Dever's everywhere yep. Mark Dever writes the introduction and really thoughts for young men you can even you can even listen like to Martin Lloyd Lloyd Jones mm-hmm. talk about it I remember did preaching and preachers sometime last year a distillation of true Puritan theology presented in a highly readable and modern form thoughts for young men is a they read it in a lunch during lunch. I mean, it's yeah, a seventy-five yeah, it's, it's page a pamphlet, and you can go through it. And what you get, it, it, it here's the great thing: you basically have a guy toward the end of his life saying, "This is what I want you to care about, young men." And and he recognizes that young men in particular have specific temptations yes. that they might feel or deal with. And it, he is trying in about five chapters, brief chapters, to wake them up. In fact, if you read Mark Driscoll's introduction, he summarizes, he doesn't summarize, he just gives you the headings. Here's the chapter, and here are the five Driscoll points. Driscoll or Dever? I'm sorry, did I say Driscoll? You did. I've been talking about, I, it was emailing somebody about Driscoll today. That's funny. That's probably why. And so, Dever, Mark Dever, actually just takes the four chapters and creates, each one of those creates the little outline for the chapters. So... The way that this is set up, and I'll tell you a couple of the things I liked and what I think you should do with it. The way this is set up is in these movements, five reasons for exhorting young men. There's chapter one. Five special dangers young men need to be warned against. So why do I do it? What do you need to hear? Six general counsels to young men. Yeah. And five special rules for young men. And he does all of this with a goal of just trying to awaken you from your slumber. And there are, I would say, two compelling parts of this book, which I really enjoyed. And number one was this. He said, I, he, he recognizes that things can always change, but he goes, the best determination of who you will be is by looking at who you are. Yeah, And so, if I just follow the trajectory, I can look at a shoot and go, that's growing the wrong way. I can look at you and and go, that's not going to be a good tree. And so, if I look at your life now, I'm going to be able to project what's going to come later. And there are always going to be exceptions to the rule. He even grants that. He goes, but in general, the person you are now is going to be the person you will be then. And so, be a better person now. Yeah, start now. (laughs) Be a man who is committed to God now. Be a man who is... Dis, dissatisfied with his sin now. Be a man who is committed fully to the scriptures now. Be a man who is not idle now yeah. so that the future you will say thanks. I love that. And there's a bit of that atomic habits in it, which is, you know, just like make the changes now to be that person yeah. later. Yep. Uh, so that's like the secular version of what he's saying here, but uh, but Ryle is doing it for the Lord. I think that's thing number one that I really like. Thing number two, I really like how he talks about idleness. And why you shouldn't be idle. You shouldn't be idle, not because idleness in itself is necessarily bad, but idleness provides for you the opportunity to think bad things, waste your time, infect your yeah. heart with sinful, totally. with sinful things. And so it's not being idle. It's what being idle affords your flesh. Yeah. It's, That's it's the thing. It's the provision for your flesh that idleness And so I makes. really like that. And then here's the third. Endeavor even highlights this in his introduction. I'll give the third. I said two things. I wanted to do the third is he tells you, don't be good friends with unbelievers. Hmm. He's, he said, don't do it. And essentially, you know, bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. He's like, I don't say don't evangelize, you know, don't, like, but your closest people in your life need to be other believers. Yeah. 
And Debra even was like, you read that right. Pay special attention to that part of the book. Because it is advice that we don't always give. We'll say things like, well, how many of you have lost people in your life that you love? And I'm like, I, I do. I, yeah. you know? And so we go, but his point is, your best friends should not be the ones who don't know the Lord. Yeah. Your closest friends are not the ones. Your confidants, yeah. you don't want those. Because yeah. they're not going to bring you toward the Lord. They're going to move you away from the Lord. That's just a train. Which probably, it always happens. And it won't show up. I know, I know, yeah. I know. So... I really like this book. I'm going to give you the application for it. Application one, men listening to this podcast, buy it and read it for yourself. If you have boys, I would say find a time in their development where you read it with them. You could read it. You could read a, a section out loud to them and over the course of a month, finish it. So you could read a section out loud with them and do that. If you are a youth ministry leader, or anybody who is discipling men, I would use this book as a way to have good conversation with them in a discipleship setting yeah. to help to have accessible, digestible content that is saturated with truth from Scripture. And in the end, even Ryle says this, because he's not just like peppering this thing with exegetical thoughts. He just ends, he ends like this, be honest with me. Is what I'm saying not true? Yeah. Like, like, like that, that's, that's, just, that's very Ryle. Yeah, like... Just shoot straight with me. Isn't it true what I've said? And you're like, ah, yeah, actually, yeah, it kind of is. probably true. <laughs> so, really enjoyed the book. Good. Good read. Good read to read with your kids. And I would say, uh, even though Father's Day has come and gone, consider, as if you're a church person, giving this book to dads on Father's Day as a way to engage their heart, because just like it's good for the young man, it's good for the old man, too. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's the Banner Ryle Classic series. There's several of them. Mm-hmm. We've also reviewed the Is All Scripture Inspired on the podcast um, a while back. And uh, Ryle, yeah, he's great. So read read him. So check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. But it's, uh, it's time to talk more Jesus. But we're actually going to talk about Jesus in our study break. Bell... All right, so that was the bell. That was the bell sound. <laughs> I was waiting to study break. No. Bell. It's gonna be. It's gonna be more serene. Okay, do it. Uh, so Andrew and I have been watching The Chosen. Hans, tell me about The Chosen. Uh, the Chosen is a. I'm gonna get this. It is a well-funded, correct. Well-directed, correct. Well-acted, correct. Fairly accurate, correct telling of the life of Jesus as a TV show. Correct. So, the I've chosen, seen zero episodes, yeah, but no. I've, I've heard it's great. Somebody gave it to me, and I own the DVD of season one. Yeah, I don't know where it is. It's on Peacock, um, which we have right now. And so, we are watching it. Andrea and I are. It is... I was skeptical. Andrea was, too. We didn't come into it thinking that it was great. We'd had some recommendations for it, though. A lot of people in the church have watched it. Um, you know, it's it's being marketed to me on social media all the time. Um, and so like, uh, and I had actually seen some scenes, like I'd pause and be like, let me see, let me see if this is any good. And like, one of them was like the miraculous catch a fish scene. Yeah. And I was just like, that actually looks pretty accurate. I mean, people, people Um, fawn in a good way. Like they really do speak about this, this show as like, this is a good show. I, I I have cried every episode. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I'm a crier, but... Not usually every episode of a TV show. Um, And uh, I think it gets some interesting things potentially right. Like, obviously, we can't know because it's definitely drawing in some lines that Scripture is, you know, is blank, right? Like, um, but it it sets up a lot. It sets up a lot. Most of it is taking place in Capernaum um, at the start of Jesus' ministry. We recently 
just went to Cana where I'm at in the series now and just did the, the, you know, turning water into wine miracle at the wedding banquet. But they're taking liberties for sure. But none of the liberties that they are taking are implausible. Not implausible and 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 not deviant from scripture. No, right, not, right. They're, yeah. they're not taking any liberties like that that fully go opposite of scripture. They're just doing things where scripture is silent. Um, like uh, Matthew is like a very important character early on and not yet called as a disciple. Sure. Um, and and so you're getting to see his life as a tax collector, which is miserable. Um, which again. Would Pro- be miserable. Probably very true. Uh, Might be wealthy, but also yeah, hated. Yeah, and wealthy, hated, spit on, all that kind of stuff. Um, but intrigued by Jesus, um, intrigued by Peter uh, for different reasons, thinks that he's going to catch Peter in his debt. So the miraculous catch of fish has to do with Peter being able to pay a tax debt and all this kind of stuff. So, like, why all of a sudden when he miraculously catches the fish, he's like, all right, we got to follow this guy. It, there, it's, it's also a sense of, like, you're the Messiah. I've been out here fishing all day. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm at the end of my rope. I need something. And so, like, it's a miracle in Peter's life for two reasons. Now, in the Bible, we don't know that. And that might not be true. But it works narratively. Um, similarly, we see uh, Mary of Magdala's, like, Mary Magdalene, her her prominence uh, is there more than you might see in typical scripture narrative. But she's yeah. there a lot in the scripture narrative. She's not necessarily, like, having a ton so of dialogue. So they just took, yeah, they took what was in scripture and went, She's probably there more than the passages are even saying if she's making it in this much. Yeah, if she's making it in this much, but it's focusing on this exchange right now, Mary was probably there because it was like, because there are passages that are like, and the women who were also there, yeah. you know, like, okay, well, if the women are also there, then we can, it's an, yeah. you know, it's an excuse to to draw Jesus in. And uh, and so uh, everything that happens in this, there's an entire episode that's just Jesus and children. Uh, Jesus is camping Oh, this is totally you. Uh, This is totally crybaby Evan. Yeah, totally. Uh, This one didn't get me as much as some of the other ones have, though. But uh, but, uh, it's just Jesus camping on the wilderness, and he's like, yeah, I'm about to go on a trip. I'm about to do that. And he's just talking to the kids, and like more and more kids keep coming. Like one one (laughs) kid comes, and then they're like, it's it's sort of like, and I say this in like a very sacrilegious way, it's sort of like going to meet Santa. Like like they just like, he goes, and then they meet him, and they're, they're all fascinated with him, and then like two come, and then four come, and then six come. And so it... It is. Um, it pulls at your heart. If you if you are a believing, uh, you know, Bible believing Christian, you might you, there might be moments where you'd be like, I mean, I'm not sure if that's right. You you may have a couple moments here or there, and like I'm I'm pretty you know like that. Like, um, and Andrea and I will pause and she'll and she'll go. Was it like that? And I'll be like, ah, maybe it could have been. Um, Nicodemus is a huge character in the story, so you're sort of following his arc. Of, really? Of investi- of investigating Jesus' activities. Yeah, it's activities. not just John like John 3 yeah, and the yeah. spices. And yeah, exactly. And and uh, or or standing up in the Sanhedrin to kind of low key defend him, yeah. uh, but not because he can't. Like uh, there there's more there. And and he's very intrigued because he tries to do again, not in scripture, but he tries to heal Mary Magdalene um of demonic possession and can't. And then all of a sudden he sees her well and he's like, "Who did this?" Who who did this to you? You know, which again, you're like, that could have happened. Right. <laughs> like, like totally could have happened. It it we don't know if it did. I'm not gonna take it as scripture that it did, but his intrigue, like like the 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 way his fascination with Jesus uh and his sort of discontent with the vestments and the pomp and the circumstance of uh of being a Pharisee and and um the way that he's treated, he's just like He's he's like going. I don't want to. I don't know if this is right. 
Like, so he he's presented as a, this guy that's kind of already conflicted. And then he comes face to face with Jesus, who has this new interpretation of Torah, who has this amazing, miraculous way of, of, of healing and preaching and all this stuff. And he's like, like, so we've just gotten to the point. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know when this series ends. I don't know how many episodes we've got left, but, but he, he, he's talking to Mary and he goes, just, I just need to meet with him. He was like, it can be undercover of dark. Like he's trying, he's like campaigning yeah. to meet with him because she's like, I don't know. He's really busy. I mean, you saw the crowd in there. They lowered the paralytic down and she's like, it was nuts today. Like none of us expected that to happen. I don't know what would happen if he was seen seeing with a Pharisee. Like, I don't know what he, like, they're just kind of all like talking. And you're like, yeah, this is probably kind of yeah. how it went. Like, yeah, it's not just like this noble, everyone's yeah, like, yeah, it's right. all, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of wooden, right? The yeah. way that the Bible like reads it. And I don't mean that like, as like the Bible is insufficient because it totally is, but, but, uh, uh, it's su- it's sufficient for all life and godliness, but this f- makes it feel more human. And here's the other thing: it makes Jesus, like the character who plays Jesus. I've never seen a portrayal of Jesus where the dude has to walk such a fine line between divine and human. Um, which which there are there are times in those because like it's not like every exchange that Jesus ever had with people are recorded. So you talk about like criticism or like things that people encounter every day, like how much patience the God of the universe would have to have to deal with all of the junk that just goes on in everyday conversation. All the little white lies, all the like things that like most of us just kind of like shrug and be like, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but whatever. Like I'm not gonna say anything right now. Like whereas like so like the God of the universe is like interacting with us in that way. And I'm like, gosh this just makes me realize how much more gracious Jesus is like, <laughs> like having lived here yeah. and, 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 and lived among us and, and seen us in all of our petty squabbles and all of our things. Um, and just how patient he was, um, patient with his disciples, patient with people that didn't know him, that treated him like dirt just because, you know, he was from Nazareth, like all that's there. And, and again, all that's in scripture. It's just sort of magnified and made real by virtue of like. It's like the message on TV. Yeah, but even more so because or you have to fill in gaps. There, there's narrative things that are going on that are probably not true at all, right? Like there's this whole Roman subplot of this guy named Quintus who probably isn't even a real historical figure. Maybe maybe he's based on somebody. I don't know. Um, but but he he's interested in taxes and. Matthew is trying to figure out how he, Peter was able to pay off this debt. So there's this sort of mystery. And I think, I don't know how the series ends uh, for this season. They're filming season two. Um, but it's part of Angel Studios, which is in fact Mormon, but the production uh, is evangelical. Um, okay. And so um, that's the other weird thing about this. So so some people might give pause uh, just because like Angel Studios, which owns VidAngel, is in fact owned by Mormons. Um, but the Mormon people, like they have a blog post about it. They're like, we're giving them carte blanche to tell the story the way that they want to tell it. Um, uh, knowing that, um, maybe it doesn't completely fall in line with our views of who Jesus is. Um, but we want to be a place for this kind of content. And so I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Um, similarly, Andrew Peterson's wing feather saga cartoon is going to be same people, right? same people. Yeah. So, so they're definitely okay with evangelical content that is going to be evangelical and not at all Mormon in its uh, in its worldview. Um, but it is produced by Mormons, so that's something to keep in mind, um, depending on kind of where your stance is on what you want to lend support to. Um, but again, it's produced by Mormons, but it's directed and written, and the show is run by evangelicals, and uh, and that shows up in the the again. I, I saw nothing that was uh, blasphemy 
to mean. Now, if you're uber reformed or whatever, and you're like, well, any image of Jesus, you know, is blasphemy. I love like, that you say twice in this episode, you say uber. Yeah, uber. You don't say uber. You say uber. Uber. Because that's German. I know it is. loud on it. Uber is a car company. Um, <laughs> so. Uber. Let, I, For I everyone who's been listening and going, is he saying uber? He is. Uber. So, anyway, I liked it. Uh, I do like it. I've got to sneeze. And with that, we thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Chosen. Check it out. Or don't, (laughs) if you are afraid of it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. If you're afraid of the Mormon evangelical collab, then maybe not watch it. But thank you very much for listening. And we are looking forward to heading into the month of July with you, our faithful listeners. Have a great week. See you next time. I can't stop it. Can't stop, won't stop.